This is Meditations for Misfits. I'm Fred Gruy. With this podcast, we're going to begin, a, I imagine, a very long series of uh, podcasts that are an existential exploration into the questions that are attributed to God in the Old Testament of the Bible. If the theologians are right and God knows everything, it's what they call omniscience, then why the heck is God asking questions in the first place? And I submit, maybe it's to get us to think, to think for ourselves. And this first question that's attributed to God, I think is one of the most profound questions ever uttered. Now, at face value, it comes across as rather silly. According to the story in Genesis 3, there are only two human beings in the garden. They're both naked. They've just eaten from the fruit that they're not supposed to eat from, the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. They're hiding behind some fig leaves. And this omniscient, all-powerful creator who created the entire universe can't find them. <laughs> he doesn't come across as the sharpest god in the drawer, does he? <laughs> Well, at any rate, in this desperation, this God cries out in Genesis 3-9 with the first question of the Bible, where are you? For me, these three simple words beautifully capture the existential angst, I think, that plagues us all. The wonderfully wise rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel has observed it is difficult to remain immune to the anxiety of the question, whence we come, where we are, and whither are we going? Why am I? Why am I me? Why am I alive now, in, in this time, in this particular place? What should I be doing with my life? These are the questions that haunt us deep into the night when we can't hide any longer behind our entertainments and distractions, the video games, the news, the sports, all the things we do to keep us distracted. No less than Carl Jung sees in this story the beginning of all of our problems. Now for him, this archetypal tale is primitive man's attempt to explain how we transitioned from the purely instinctual world of the animal kingdom and became conscious beings. For example, lions don't struggle with guilt after killing a gazelle in order to stay alive. When they're hungry, they kill. When they're not, they don't. We, on the other hand, have the ability to choose. And Jung concludes... There are no problems without consciousness. Consciousness, it seems, comes with a cost, the cost of our innocence. Now, this awakening into consciousness has another existential byproduct. We become aware of how alone we really are in this vast universe. Now, earlier in the book of Genesis, God had proclaimed the first not good in the Bible was that the human being was alone. After creating light and earth and seas and animals, God declared that everything was good. But after seeing the human's loneliness, 
God ached for the human being and created a suitable partner for him. And this seems to have worked for a while until both the man and the woman ate of the forbidden fruit. And after that act, they realized they were estranged from each other, from God, and from themselves. At any rate, as I read the story, that's my takeaway. They hid. After eating of this fruit, becoming conscious, aware of their own autonomous, autonomous individuality, they realized they are alone again, and this experience of existential isolation caused deep fear, which is why they hid and why we hide from each other, from the divine, and from ourselves. Now, what I find even more unbelievable in this epic story is God's reaction to this choice of becoming autonomous beings, of knowing good from evil. God does not come exploding onto the scene in scolding tones, threatening, get out here, you two. I told you if you ate of my fruit, I'd give you what for, and now I'm going to squash you like the ungrateful bugs you are. Quite the contrary. In what comes as a complete shock, God is depicted as an out-of-her-mind, stricken mother careening through an airport on Christmas Eve, desperately screaming at the top of her lungs for a beloved child that has been lost or kidnapped. Where are you? The Almighty Creator's response to our choice of going it alone is a broken-hearted scream that rattles the universe with big bang fury. Where are you? Rabbi Heschel again says, All of human history, as described in the Bible, can be summarized in one phrase. God is in search of woman and man. This observation has been borne out in my own experience time and time again over the years. Rather than seeking God, I have actually felt sought after by God. It all started nearly 50 years ago. Uh, but that's a story for our next podcast. I really do appreciate you taking these few moments to spend with me on your journey today. And if you'd like to contact me, my email address is fred at fredgruy.com. For our final prayer today, I'd like to share with you a prayer from my favorite writer. He was a Catholic monk named Thomas Merton. And this is one of his prayers. My Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. I don't see the road ahead of me. I can't know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I'm following your will doesn't mean that I'm actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope I have that desire in all that I'm doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, I will always trust, though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death, I will not fear, for you are with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. 